Welcome to the Shine Shine Geek the Shine Geek and Fast Fret podcast. Done. Well done. Okay, we're gonna use that. <laughs> So, hey, welcome to the Sean Geek and Fast Red Podcast with me, your host. Not Sean Geek tonight. Tonight, I'm Sean Arama. I'm going old school. Yep. And you got the core geek with you. I do. I do. Um, did you know that this podcast used to be called the Sean Arama Podcast? Way back when? Yep. In the first in the first six months or whatever it was, it was a Sean Arama Podcast. Back when we were young and you know, full of hope and dreams. Virile too. Apparently, I was. That's virile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually drinking coffee. I'm uh, doing good. Hey, um, I'm just gonna do a shout out because I uh, the episode that gets released next week, which I finished editing today, is showcasing this. So wh- why not give them a couple more shout outs? Have you seen this thing? No, I haven't. Can you see it? Sorry, there. That's better. Just was just released. Local author. They did a book launch at McNally. Um, first time author. Nice. First time author. He gets on with Ravenstone Press, which I'm sure you recognize the name. Yeah, I think uh, I think there was like this author that you know had a series of books, and uh, oh, somebody uh, very handsome was in it. One of them. Yes, it was in the third uh, book. Was, yeah. Yes, yes. I I just reread the third the third book, and I recollected. Uh, that uh that he was a veteran i believe is what he was and he was living on the streets yeah um i believe how how was he described uh it's flattering it's very flattering um oh yeah crazier than a shithouse rat that's (laughs) we are of course talking about (laughs) chadwick ginther and thunder road i was waiting for like i was setting you up to (laughs) anyway um no uh yeah, so anyway, uh, Chadwick asked if I was going, and I went, and I, I had Abby with me, and and she's like, boy, this is boring. Yeah. <laughs> they're just talking. They're not like, there's no cartoons, there's no, so I ended up it's not- no comic books. No comic books, but we had him on the show. Uh, Jason is a good guy. He he actually walked us through the uh, editing pro- or the um, publishing process, which is pretty cool. Nice. But that's not why we're here. No. We're here for an episode of breaking. And the concept of breaking is it is a piece of art in some way, shape, or form that broke your broke you. So it, it changed your way of thinking, gave you a new different look on life. Uh you, you, it made you it changed everything about you. So for example, we the episodes we've had so far. We had an episode on um, Soundgarden Loud Love, the album Louder Than Love. Right. That album broke me. That's the album that broke me away from hair metal. Really. Way before Nirvana and everything else. And uh, we also did an episode on the on the, the movie Pump Up the Volume. Oh, yeah. Which broke Killing me. Movie. Great movie. It's it's still, I still get goosebumps when I watch that that film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just watched that not too long ago, about 
month and a half, two months ago. Nice. Yeah. Great film. Great. Forgot film. how good it, a killer soundtrack on it too. Oh yeah. The, and yeah. And, and, and that's one of those things. It was a movie that had a great fucking film, an amazing soundtrack. Um, really happy. Harry Hardon was the first podcaster. Really. If you think about it. Yeah. Cause that's what podcasting is. It's kind of pirate radio went away. It's not always just music, but it's people talking and having conversations. Yar. Like we're doing now. Yar. So anyway, so here's something that broke you and I both. That's right. So it is the Japanese band. Nihonjin. <laughs> no, I mean, Ezio. No, wait, no, it started in Sapporo, Japan. The band is Ezio. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) I'm wearing a Ken shirt, so I think it's throwing me off. Probably. Yeah, probably. Probably. So uh, fronted by the the lead singer, Ken, uh, from Barbie Land. That's right. He was a beautiful man, singer Ezio. So uh, I'm... Big blonde hair. Yeah, Masaki Yamada was the was the singer, and he later was the vocalist for Loudness. He actually replaced their singer and went over there and sang. And now he plays bass in another band. Fire Sign. Fire Sign, thank you. Um now vocally speaking, when you heard Masaki for the first time, well, no, never mind. Let's listen to him right now. Here it comes. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> That's what I meant. Okay, so here it is. pausing because i i think we have to stop and talk okay is this taking you back oh it takes me back it takes me back in all sorts of ways you get the odds for this guy well maybe a little bit i mean you know come on look at him he's a good looking man good looking man the skinny the stage fucking presence not just him all of them look at the bass player just and the drummer talk about a show like Tommy Lee showy he's performing he's not just playing the fucking drums he's performing all of them is mind-blowing 
Well, I can't help but notice, though, is that their instruments are almost bigger than them. <laughs> I think they're. I think they're small. Are they small people? Uh, probably. Yeah. I mean, if they're uh, average, uh, average size, probably would have been about five five. Yeah, probably. Okay, you, you ready to hear some more? Yeah. Okay, here we go. was just that was awesome i mean uh back in the day um i was just japanese animation and japanese comic books were just really starting to become a thing you know mid 80s early 80s and uh so at that time it was becoming crazy for everything japanese yes and at the same time it's also starting to discover heavy metal so you know to combine the two of them like this with uh Izo, you know, from uh, Japan and, you know, their Japanese, uh, you know, just being a Japanese band was just, it was amazing. It just absolutely blew my mind. And, you know, they're out there, they're looking like Kiss, you know, they got the whole rock star attitude, the big hair, but they weren't like a typical American band. They weren't a typical American hair metal band at all. Yeah, there was something just a little bit different about them. So I mean, it just they weren't like, goofy. They weren't doing goofy because no. some metal bands were doing goofy. Like look at smoking in the boys' room. Like that's yeah. just a goofy video, right? And there was doing goofball shit with like D- danger, danger, and and all those bands. It was goofball shit. Yeah, but I mean, this band, you know, they're they have the glam element. You know, they got a little bit of punk rock in them. Plus, you know, the hair metal it just. It was a whole package. So it's something something interesting on the Wikipedia page here. It says um, 
Ezio has been named a seminal influence by such artists as Steve McDonald of Red Cross. Yeah. And Michael Steele of the Bangles. Yeah. That that just, one killed me. That one. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? But I have to say something too. Now, when I first heard them, it was the drummer that got me like toot sweet. Right. Like right from the video. Cause I actually got to see him perform. He, and I mean, I know it's, you know, it's a lip sync video or, you know, whatever, but, but th- that really got me. And then it was the bass player. So it was the rhythm section really that got me and the singer. I'm like, hey, he's okay. He's okay. I didn't really like it at the time because I was used to clear singing. Yeah. Oh, you know, like I grew up on ABBA and, and that sort of stuff. And, you know, maybe a little bit of the Beatles and stuff. I was used to clear. So I wasn't used to grit. And when I heard him, I wasn't sure if I liked it, but now, you know, how many years later, I think he has one of the most amazing voices. It's so unique. And I don't know anybody else that sounds quite like him. No. And that's just the thing, you know, um, whether performing in Japanese or performing in English, you know, he's, I mean, he sings clearly for a metal vocalist. Yes. Yeah. You, know, you can understand yes. the lyrics. Annunciation. Yeah. Which, which you don't see in, in hard singing. The and I mean, part of that may be that thing. they had to do a lot of practicing, you know, because I don't know if he spoke English before this or if they had to do some, you know, work to get the lyrics into English. My understanding is there was work because their English was very, was very limited. was my understanding. Yeah. You're wrong. But, but listening to the band, you wouldn't know. Listen to Misaki Yamada. You would not know that he was not a native English speaker. No, 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 no. He sounds, yeah, he sounds definitely sounds English. Yeah. Like in the, in sing. what's, what's your thoughts on, um, Shoyo, is it Shoyo Lida? Is that right? Shoyo or Yida, the guitar player? Amazing. I mean, flatback, uh, flatback, um, flatbacker. Yeah. No, here it comes. It has all one of my all time favorite riffs in it. Just you know, in between the uh, in between the lyrics, you know that dun 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 dun. Yeah, there's yep. something about it that just I don't know. I love it. I think it's, it's just it's very good riff, riff. Very good riff writer. He wrote um, a riff that told that told a story. It wasn't just it was catchy. It was hooky, but it wasn't ultra poppy, but catchy somehow. Like it kind of yeah. had a good blend. I now his guitar solos. I remember at the time, I'm like I was, you know, kind of, you know, I was listening to Van Halen and 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 Steve Vai and all that stuff, and I'm like, I I didn't find his playing was that great at the time, but then when I go back and listen to Flatbacker, I'm like, holy motherfucking shit, he's really good. He's not about playing a million notes, but he can. But like on this song, he's a bit restrained. Like the, the guitar solo is not too out there. I mean, it's it's a little yeah. noise. It's a little noisy, which I th- which I think is his style. It's kind of like Kim Thale from Soundgarden, sort of thing. Like, yeah, he's not. He makes he makes interesting sounds out of his guitar, which is what Eddie Van Halen did too. Yeah, he was making different sounds out of his guitar, and he's doing the same thing. But on Flatbacker, he wasn't holding back. And that's just the thing, you know, uh, with uh, Flatbacker and Ezo have very different sounds. Mm-hmm. You know, Flatbacker, I think, was definitely, they're harder. Yes. And they had more of a uh, kind of, you know, punk rock element yep. to them. 
And I actually think uh, well, the next song we should play is uh, Hard Blow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to disagree. Yeah, because that'll uh, that I think really kind of illustrates the difference between American Izo and Japanese Flatbacker. Hard Blow. No! <laughs> exactly my point. Oh my god. How did that come up? How'd that come about? Why would that play right after Ezio? I don't know. I, like it doesn't make any sense. Okay, so what album is it off of? Is it off of 86? Uh, yeah, it's off the 85 album. <laughs> I think it's this one. It's this one or this one. Uh, let, let, wait, wait, um, you know, maybe just go over to YouTube itself and uh, find the uh, video for it. Okay, there's a video. Oh yeah, no, really? Yeah. Just look up uh, Flatbacker and Hard Blow. All right, you guys ready? It's just this? insane. It's insane. Okay, I, I've never seen this, so I'm excited.
Holy God. Oh, can you tell us? Yeah, like, I mean, the difference between the Japanese version and the uh, American, well, between them performing in Japanese and performing in English, um, you can tell that they're a lot less restrained. Yeah, yeah, Especially Masaki Yamada, you know, he's hitting those notes, he's got those big, long notes. Yes. Everything's just a little bit faster, more aggressive. It definitely has, you know, more punk element. may not be quite as tight as it could be but but i like that though i like the looseness you ever have you ever heard the casualties yes i have it's very reminiscent They sound very much like these guys. And really, like I said, they do sound more punk. Yeah. Than metal. I'm I'm was it was this the same drummer or not? I believe so. Because everybody looks different. Like they all have different hair and stuff, right? Well, this was when they first started, you know, so they're still a little bit younger. How old were they here? Probably just out of high school. Oh, okay. So it's out of the remnants of two high school bands, Power Station and Scrap, originally named Frat Vacker, they changed their name to Flat Backer after releasing their first demo. Immediately following their name change, Flat Backer com- competed in Yamaha's Hokkaido's regional band battle tournament, Stage Flight 84, and they won. They were invited. Where were they invited? Uh, they were invited back to compete at the prestigious Light music contest later that year and took home a secondary champions prize their performance at these events earned them a record deal with victor setting their career in motion at lmc 84 the judges named shoyo ida the tournament's best guitarist and hiratsugu oma the best drummer is that the same name no i don't think so actually i don't think it is no so they did they did get a different drummer this is on uh, Encyclopedia Metalum, the Metal Archives. This is a great. Uh... Yeah, on the uh, on Wikipedia, our, our article they have uh, Hiro Homa as uh, the drummer. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm just seeing what they have here. Um, apparently. Uh, House of a Thousand Pleasures, which was that song, like that was the opening riff, right? No, that was a different one. House of a Thousand Pleasures was, uh, isn't that just had it? Just had it. Do did it, do did it, do did Yeah, do 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 do. That is House of that is a House of a Thousand Pleasures, yeah. Which, according to Wikipedia, Wikipedia. It was the signature sound of syndicated radio network Z Rock, which was goddamn. That was a. And it says they had, so there's three albums as flatbackers. Only two of them are available on streaming. Well, the third album, I believe, is the demo. Yes, that is correct. Wow, that was that was something else. Oh, that video was really cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's reminiscent of like you know the early Ministry videos. Yeah. 
I, I liked everything that was going on in there. Like there was a lot of um, visual, like with that whole thing with all the TV sets. It was like, very. I don't urban. know what the hell that was, but it was fucking cool. Kind of you know cyberpunk esque. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. So from so from the the whole story with these guys is Gene Simmons had like a hand in getting them to America and kind of exposing them to stuff. And I think the more, because I mean, the first EZO album or EZO or whatever um, album sounds a lot different than Flatbacker, but the album after this is even more commercial sounding. Yeah. And in fact, I remember I bought Sight Unseen when the, when their second EZO album came out. I bought it right away. Like I, I, yeah. I went to Sam the Record Man bought home the cassette listened to it and i kept waiting for house of a thousand pleasures or mr midnight or like the like the the deeper tracks on the first album i i like those the most i think yeah and i was expecting stuff like that and and i was re-listening to it this week to get ready for today and um the (laughs) apparently at some point i had liked the songs off of fire the fire fire album that i liked yeah. And I and those are the first things that came up in my EZO. Like I hit EZO and just shuffle. Yeah. But it was all only the ones that I liked. So all the all those tracks off Fire Fire that came up, I'm like, holy, that's awesome. Holy, this album's amazing. So then I decided to listen to the whole album from front to back. I'm like, oh. <laughs> now here's a question for you. Having listened to you know the flatbacker albums and uh, the uh ESO albums, does it feel like from Essa? their second studio Japanese uh, studio album Yep. to Izo. Does it feel like they took a step backwards? I think they took a step sideways on that mm-hmm. first album. And um, it was a different sound. I don't know if it was an evolution per se is like me, like let's try something different. Yeah. And, and I, what, what's your thought here? Well, what I got is uh, listening to Essa. It sounded like a band just starting to come into itself. Okay. Um, you know, compared to you know their first album. Did you find um, it more more like the first Ezio album then? Not really. I found it to be okay. you know its own thing. I found it to be you know flatbacker. Yeah. But it was. It sounded like a band that was starting to find its sound. But then, you know, now when you move over to North America, you know, I just think that they got overproduced. Yeah. You know, there's too many uh, fingers in the pie and probably too much interference, you know, from the studio to, you know, make them look a certain way, make them sound a certain way, you know, try to sell them to North American audiences. Okay, because I think we should play a song from Firefire. We'll play with a video. Did you see any videos off Firefire? I don't think I have completely different look. Okay. So when I saw this video, I was like, oh, they're trying to fit in. But this is the studio. And these are a bunch of guys that didn't speak English that well, right? Yeah. And being guided by these managers and producers and all these, you know, yahoos uh to to do things a particular way, right? So they're like, uh, okay, okay, you know, but they they look completely different. So you could tell it was Okay, you know what? That first album sold pretty good, but we need to push it in. We we need a, we need a new 
um, skid row or we need a new, like you, you got to fit in, you got to look like more like Cinderella or, or, right. or something. you gotta, you gotta change the look, be more glammy and less industrial or punk or Gothic or whatever. Like, well, we were talking about fire fire. So why don't we hear a track off of that? Oh yeah. Okay. So we're going to grab a video off of here. Um, so have you heard anything from this album? Or did you like I know you were listening to stuff recently. Like, have you listened to anything? A while back, I didn't actually listen uh, to anything in preparation for the uh for the episode, so I don't really remember it. Okay. All right, I'm uh, just loading here. Well, I was taking a it's telling me to find single Ukrainian women. Oh. <laughs> edit her out edit her out do you remember that no i don't actually kiss ex- kiss exposed um um the <laughs> kiss exposed had um uh a part where bruce kulik actually shows up in it uh in in the video because him and eric carr really didn't show up in anything Right. And uh, the only thing is you see Bruce Kulik, he's running like there's this there's this lady running down the stairs past Paul Stanley. And then um, and then Bruce Kulik runs down. Being strange, that's kind of an understatement. Human beings stretching the point just a bit. I tried to make this room up to be like his place at home. Bruce, is this the documentary? Yes. Edit her out. Edit her out. Edit her out when we put this together. Cuties out. Bruce, Bruce Kulik. Is this the documentary? (laughs) (laughs) Very. He goes, and then he looks at Paul. He goes, edit her out, edit her out in his New York, (laughs) New York accent. (laughs) Very entertaining. Yeah. Here, let's listen to this one. This was their single. Million miles away. Yeah. Okay. And it's not a bad song. It's not bad.
Okay, I can really see what you're talking about and the difference of the look from uh, first album to Fire Fire. Yeah. Way it's, different. Well, yeah, it's that you know late '80s, early '90s when uh, bands started getting away from you know wearing stage clothes in their videos and going to more you know street clothes. More street, yeah. Actually, I, I found the guitar player looked like um, the Snake Sabo. Yeah, <laughs> skid row, like the ripped yeah. jeans and the leather jacket and stuff. Yeah, I mean, what it kind of you know reminds me of it's uh, you know when uh, Killer Dwarves you know went to uh, Dirty Weapons. Mm. you know because there was that kind of big change in their look you know where they weren't wearing you know the crop tops or you know the spandex intent feature episode That's kind of what that uh, that's what that brought up for me. Yeah, and did you notice? So, so the one thing I I didn't notice it till today. Did you notice the guitar tone was way different? Yeah, because his 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 guitar tone before, especially on his solos, it had this really not pitchy, but this really high register. Yeah, and that was like more smooth. It sounded more like um like a Fender or something. Like sounded very um clean. Yeah. I guess. The other thing that I noticed is that uh, lead singer wasn't singing as clearly as he was on the first album. Yes, I and I strongly suspect. I, I mean, I didn't look this up, and I have no freaking idea. But I, I strongly suspect that, um, that some of the uh, some of the lyrics might not have been theirs. Right. Like I think they had massaging on the first album. Yeah. But I think. Anyway, um, well, yeah, I mean, with the first album, uh, it actually says, I think on the Wikipedia page or uh, one of the other pages that, uh, a lot of the songs weren't written by them. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There's, uh, different songwriters that contributed, uh, I think, um, uh, not even sure I'd have to look at, uh, look it up again, but. But yeah, that's kind of disappointing. Well, yeah, again, that's what it, you know, that's what I think it was, was, you know, just too much studio interference and kind of took away from, you know, the charm of the band from, you know, if they marketed, okay, maybe not if they had marketed, you know, Japanese, you know, if they had marketed Flatbacker, I don't know if they would have done as well, but Well, here's a question for you. Do you think that Flatback was kind of ahead of their time? I think so. I, that's that's the thing. I think they were ahead of their time, and they're like, well, let's try to fit you into this box. Yeah. But it's like, no, you guys built your own fucking box. Like, honestly. Okay, I think we got to cleanse the palate. And that song wasn't bad. 
No, it was good. It was a good song. I mean, it, it was, was a good know, song, but it wasn't. But it was yo. generic. It was generic nineties, yeah. late eighties. So what are we gonna clean our palette with? Oh, that's we, a good question. I mean, there's a few good songs on that album, but I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to stick to Firefire. Firefire is a good song though, and it does sound like them. Right. Do we want to go? Can we do another song off the the self titled Easy O? We could do that, or we could do another Flatbacker song. Mm. Okay, maybe we'll do we'll do one of each. Okay. Can I? Can I? Can you? Do you want to pick the Flatbacker song, and I'll pick the uh, self titled Ezio. Okay, sounds good. So, do you want to go first, or? Well, since this is the Ezio episode, we'll end on the Ezio song list. So let's do Flatbacker first. Okay. How about uh, Affect a Smile?
Oh, that was good. That was really good. Oh, you're muted, I think. Yeah, you can really hear the difference in how the, you know, guitar is presented as opposed to, you know, again, in the North American uh, iteration of the band. Yeah. Yeah, it, it completely, it's not, it, yeah. It's not the, I, I don't know, I really like Flatbacker. <laughs> I might. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now I almost don't want to listen to EZO. <laughs> you like, but okay so hang on i'm i'm bringing easy back up here okay now i'm curious like there's no songwriting credits on here i'd be really really curious um i think i want to listen oh, fuck, i like all the songs on here I think I'm going to go with, uh, what do you think? Destroyer or Desiree? Uh, let's go with, uh, Desiree. Yeah. Okay. We'll finish it off there, but, uh, let's say our goodbyes now. I, I people are waiting for me upstairs. Okay. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll cap it off here. So we'll say our goodbyes now. Corey, thanks for coming and doing this with me. Uh, it was awesome. I mean, the Ezo is easily, you know, one of, uh, one of my favorite bands. Yeah. Uh, and you know here's what i have to say about uh you know how we're talking about how flatbacker has you know a different sound you know definitely a little bit uh heavier a little bit more you know, punk yeah oh yeah but if it wasn't for you know gene simmons label bringing ease over we never would have known about them no you're absolutely correct yeah absolutely correct so you and and it allowed us to go back in the catalog and I'm glad this stuff's available now. Yeah. Really glad this stuff's available. But I mean, uh, yeah. this, growing up, we never would have been able to have any access to this unless, you know, we had, you know, some access, to, you know, Japanese music catalogs. Fuck. Thanks, Gene. Yep. Uncle Gene. You did something. Okay. <laughs> um, this, this is probably this out of all the tracks on here. This is one that's probably closest to the flatbacker sound. I think okay. I, I feel anyway, but uh, I got in trouble for singing this in my room and you'll find out why in a second here. Are you guys ready? <laughs> Let's go for it. Here we go.
The fucking high note at the end. Yeah, that's just that is awesome. All right, let's say goodbye. I'm gonna hit stop recording. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. And bye. Have a good day. Hey, gang. Sean Geek here, and Fast Fret, and we have two storefronts. If you are a T Public fan, you can browse our inventory over at tpublic which is tpublic.com forward slash sean geek podcast or redbubble.com slash people slash sean geek podcast you can get anything from either storefront from t-shirts stickers phone cases accessories of all kinds we're talking masks notebooks mugs pillows totes tapestries oh my oh my (laughs) everything's there (laughs) Just go to those addresses. Also check the show notes and help support the show. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.